Yeah, well, good morning, guys. Good to see you and good to be here with you. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about two types of people. Uh, I wanted to talk about the spiritually powerful person and the spiritually dull person. And so that's what I want to do. We'll look at two passages of Scripture. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 5, and then we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, so I want to just open this up by um, mentioning I'm, I'm a huge Marvel cinematic guy. I like the Marvel movies. I'm sure you guys have seen some of them. I got a buddy of mine. He's going through. There's a game right now or something you can do where you can watch all of them, you know. And uh, over over this past these past years, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has made over 22 billion at the global box office. That's a lot of money. And I think there's something to this idea of superpowers. Superpowers is a big deal. You know, you talk to, I got kids, you got grandkids, you know, you got people that um, love this idea of superpowers. And in each movie, we're introduced to someone, you know, Captain America, he's the first Avenger. He has agility, he has strength, he has speed, endurance. And then we meet Thor. Um, He's the master of thunder and lightning. And uh, you got Iron Man, who's got this supersonic flight and genius level intellect. I mean, we look at these, these characters and we're like, oh, I'd like to have that. You know, that'd be cool. And um, so I think what I've realized is that people are fascinated with being powerful, yet they lack a true meaning in what it means to become spiritually powerful. And um, so I want to take some time to talk about these two different type of people, the spiritually powerful person and the spiritually dull person. So the first passage of scripture I'd like to look at real quick is Hebrews chapter five. So if you want to turn there, you can Um, Hebrews chapter five, verses one through ten. The author who um, I don't know who the author is. I'm sure someone very smart knows, but um, the, the author kind of talks about the high priest in this, in this chapter, he, he talks about a high priest as a man chosen, uh, to represent the other people in their dealings with God. And he kind of goes on or whoever this author is goes in to talk about what the high priest does, that he presents their gifts to God, that he deals gently with ignorant and wayward people. Um, he offers sacrifices for people's sins. Um, and then the author kind of talks about Jesus, the ultimate high priest, the, the high priest who has come to, um, you know, to deal gently with our sin. And, and, and so it's really beautiful imagery. And, and then he, and he goes on to describe this. And, and then we get to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. And I want to just read a couple verses here, verses 11 through 14. He says, there's so much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. So he's like, he's, he's pitched this idea. He's very excited to talk to us about this spiritually powerful person who is Jesus. And he's like, man, I'd love to talk to you more. I mean, imagine listening to this letter. Someone reads this to you and you're like, man, that's me. That's, is that me? You know, like, um, and, and it goes on to say a couple things. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again, the basic things about God's word, which is truth. Um, you're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature 
who through training have skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So I, I, I took some time to just kind of think like, what is, I'm looking at this scripture, I'm looking at this, Lord, what is this that you want to show me? And I wrote a couple things down that the spiritually dull person doesn't listen. They're not called to God, but they're called to themselves. You know, they, they have no allegiance to anyone other than themselves. Um, they need someone to teach them about the basic things of God's word. Um, you know, in, this, in the employee, employer world, you know, if you have someone that works for you and they don't know the basic things, after a season of you talking over and over and over again, you kind of let those people go, you know. Um, and he, refer, he refers to those people as babies, um, they can't eat solid food, but can only survive on baby's milk. They lack maturity. They don't have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So anyways, that's what I was kind of, I wrote down. And some other ideas of dullness that I have gleaned just from listening to my leaders here um, uh, is I've heard words. You know, sometimes you're working in a culture and you hear these words that are new and you're like, man, they just said that word. I've heard that word three, five times now in the last couple of weeks. These are words that I've heard um, from my leaders in reference to the challenge that we have in our work um, to get involved in people's life and help them grow in their relationship with Christ. So some other words are fragile, um, arrogant, um, hot-tempered, uh, emotionally distracted, uh, afraid, rash, uh, foolish, the opposite of compelling. You know, you see, I've heard many times people, man, that's a compelling person. Um, we, we would like to say that in our church, we want to create compelling people versus create compelling environment. So to, to, to see some of them, and they don't seem that compelling. You know, it's just something about them. That's dullness. That's spiritually dull. Um, they only trust in oneself. They're not willing to be corrected. Um, they, they don't know how to confess, and they never repent. They're, ne- they're never wrong. They, they don't know they're, they're, they're wrong. Um, they don't know the Lord or how to relate to him, and they're selfish only thinking about themselves. So anyways, that's kind of downer. I don't want to be that guy. Um, it, and so that's the spiritually dull person. We've got this person over here. So if we were to think about a continuum, right, Bill loves these continuums. So I'm going to try to be like Bill White for a minute. So we got this continuum of the spiritually dull person over here. And we've got the spiritually powerful person over here. So what does it look like to move across the continuum? If I have some of those traits, I mean, I struggle in many different ways and I need to move across the continuum. So what does that look like? So let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's just a couple um, pages over to the left. And 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 15 through 17. Um, And so this is so good. Anybody need a pen? Anybody got a pen that wants one? Because you're going to need one later if you don't have one. So. Okay, good, good. So let, let's talk about this for a minute. Because in this passage, uh, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy. Timothy is, is Paul's protege. He is definitely, you remember last time we met, we talked about the four stages. I do, you watch. I do, you help. You do, I help. You do, I celebrate. Timothy has definitely gone through those four stages with Paul. And he's in this season where Timothy is, is gleaning from wisdom from Paul. And Paul's, I think Paul's kind of saying, hey, let me tell you what it looks like to become and be spiritually powerful. And so he, he says in verse 15, he says, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. 
And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. So we look at this passage of scripture. Paul was reminding Timothy that a spiritually powerful person is someone who is called. Okay, so that would be the first idea of becoming spiritually powerful is that you are called. You have recognized your need for Christ um, and you have surrendered your life to him. Um, and, and, and he's saying here that like spiritually powerful people are people that possess a faith in Jesus that is evident and that is real. You look at someone, one way to think about this is that spiritually powerful people, they are called, they live with Christ. Okay, so they live with Christ. Um, and, and this is really important here. We see this in this verse that they have surrendered, they live with Christ. So when, when people have conversations with, with you, when, when, they have, when you have conversations with someone else, do you know for certain that they live with Christ? You know, is it, is it evident in, the, in their, are they compelling? You know, are they, you know, they live with Christ. They have that, that way about them. So that's the first step in becoming spiritually powerful, I think. Verse 16, Paul goes on to say, um, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. So what Paul's telling Timothy here is that spiritually powerful people, they aren't just called, but they are equipped. Okay, so they're not just called, but they're equipped. Um, so it's, it's uh, spiritually powerful people, they are, they are people that live like Christ. So in that first verse, we look at someone who is called, that they live with Christ. But a spiritually powerful person in this context, in this verse, what he's saying is they're equipped. They live like Christ. Okay, so, um, you know, a question that I have to ask myself often is, am I engaged in spiritual growth and transformation? Um, Do I have a hunger to know God and his word and use the Bible as a filter for all of my decision making? I think that's I think that's what that passage speaks to me, at least. And so when you're around people, you know, like challenges come your way. Is God's word a filter for decision making? You know, do I do do you see that in your life? Do you see that in my life? If we look at the continuum, you know, that's one way that I think we can move across from from being spiritually dull to spiritually powerful. So that's cool. Let's look at one other idea. Let's look at verse 17. Um, and he goes on, he looks at all these two verses and he says, and, and this is, and if I, I'd put an, and there, I know, I'm, I, but God, and God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So we think about this idea, spiritually powerful people. They're not just called, they're not just equipped, but they're also sent. Okay. So a spiritually powerful per- person, they live with Christ. They live like Christ and they live for Christ. Right. So he says here that God uses this. It uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So, I mean, we look at individuals, we look at our life and we ask ourselves, hey, am I on mission to go and do the work that God has called me to do? You know, the responsibility that I have that God has given me, um, am I am I doing a good job in that area? Am I it does my, you know, employer um, value the work that I do? Do they see the work? 
that I do, but not just that, like spiritually speaking, does my heavenly father, does he see the work that I do and he see smile? Is he, is he pleased with me and the work that he's given me? Um, spiritually powerful people, they see the world through this lens of Jesus and they take serious their responsibility to do what he has asked them and what he's asked me to do. God says, hey, I've given you a wife. I've given you a family. I've given you two boys. I've given you this little girl who's a hot mess. How are you going to lead her? I've given you, you know, I'm working here at this place. I've got other responsibilities. Um, And so like, okay, I want to look through the lens of Jesus. He's called and equipped me to do this work with the skills. He's given me gifts. He's given me strengths. Like, how am I using that to bring glory and honor to him? And so this idea of living with Christ, living like Christ, living for Christ, um, this is what it means to become spiritually powerful. This is a spiritually powerful person. So I, I go back to that idea of the movies and, you know, these characters. Last night, I even came home last night and my kids are watching Spider-Man. And I watched it for a little bit. And um, I thought to myself, like, you know, what does that look like for me to, to be spiritually powerful in my home, that my boys would watch me and, you know, I'm showing them a spiritually powerful strength that they can imitate in their own life. Uh, so it's very challenging. But every time, you know, you, you look at these Marvel comics or you look at these movies and you think about powerful people, what would it look like for us to be spiritually powerful? So to wrap this all up, spiritually powerful people, they live with Christ. Um, they are called. They possess faith in Jesus. Okay. Number two, spiritually powerful people, they live like Christ. So they're engaged in the process of spiritual growth and transformation. There is a, there's a desire to, to change, to, to look at God's word and say, man, this is how I can apply this. How can I, how can I work through this to change? And then the third area is a um, sent is, is to live for Christ, serving the Lord, using the gifts that God has given him. So, um, given me, given us. So I, I kind of, I wrote, I wrote, this was just a practical thing that I did. Like, how do I create forward movement in this? Like, what do I do? So I'm silly. I do silly things. So I, I got a piece of paper out and I took this little Sharpie marker and I just wrote spiritually dull on this side and spiritually powerful over here. And it sits on my desk. And so I just kind of look at it and I'm like, what do I need to do today to move forward on the right side? Um, What does it look like to live the called, equipped, and sent life? And so that's one idea for implementation. Another would be maybe to, um, you know, memorize Second Timothy. If you wanted to kind of evaluate yourself a little bit more on this, maybe you could memorize Second Second Timothy 3, 15 through 17. Um, one of the other things that we could do to maybe implement this in our life is maybe, you know, take out a piece of paper, write a list of all the people that we think in our life and our circle of influence that are spiritually powerful and, and maybe reach out to them, um, ask them, Hey, what does it look like? What are the practical things that you do to live a called equipped and sent life? Um, you know, and maybe you might know what those things are, but you create a list of action items, things that you could, you know, spiritually speaking, create a 90 day goal for to do. Um, another thing we could, you know, maybe write out a a list of things that represent what we think the spiritually powerful person, the spiritually dull person does, and then just kind of like evaluate ourselves. Maybe we do this once a quarter or something. Um, so anyways, it's been fun to kind of think through this. I hope it encourages you this morning. 
Um, I want to be a spiritually powerful person. I know you do too. And Jesus is the ultimate. So if we tether to him, I think we'll do all right. So um, let me pray for us and then I'll give it back over to David. So Lord, we want to thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Um, I am very grateful for these men and the opportunity to work together with them. And I just thank you uh, for being the ultimate high priest for for sending your son Jesus to us and showing us what it looks like to be spiritually powerful, to be compelling, um, and to and you've shown us what it looks like to get involved in other people's life and help them grow in their relationship with Christ. And so, Lord, we realize that we can be dull um, spiritually, and we know that we need you. And so I, uh, I pray that you would give us strength today to be spiritually powerful, um, that we would be compelling, uh, that, God, people would see our life and say, man, what is that? Um, and that ultimately that would bring glory and honor to you. Um, I pray that you would bring success to these men today and their relationship with others. And uh, we just thank you again for the work um, that you're doing in our life. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.